is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. We put the R&B in RBBC. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Ian. Well, there's a deep crop of number two-like running backs this year. We're talking Mark Ingram, Ty Montgomery, Tevin Coleman, C.J. Anderson, Mike Gillisley, LeGarrette Blunt, Bilal Powell, maybe some of those we like better than others. Uh, we will discuss... All of them on today's show. Welcome to part two of our running backs preview. I'm Adam Azer. I got Dave Richard, Heath Cummings, Jamie Eisenberg here. So how'd you guys feel about part one? It was amazing. It was one of the best experiences of my life. Wasn't it? Yeah, I felt that too. Felt that too. But you know what we never officially declared? Who is the number one running back in fantasy this year? What's the answer to that question? I just did a whole, uh, it'll be on the, on the site later, but I did a whole breakdown of who should be the number one overall pick. Ooh. I found some interesting stuff about historically last 10 years of guys who have been drafted number one and where they finished. If you'd like me to share that with you. You know what? I think I would. Hit me with it. Adam, can you name the last player, non-quarterback, last player drafted in the last 10 years, non-quarterback to finish, drafted number one to finish number one? Ladanian Tomlinson. What year? 2008? Close, 2007. Oh, come on, you heard I was going to say seven. You heard the s, right? I thought you were going to say six. Oh, no. I was going to say seven. Partial credit. I thought you were going to say 16. Of the last ten players drafted number one overall, six have still finished in the top six overall non-quarterbacks. That's good. So it's good that if it's Johnson, which is based on, David Johnson based on average draft position or Le'Veon Bell, if that's your personal preference, there's a good chance that that player can still finish very high. The three, the four guys who didn't was Adrian Peterson twice, 2011, 2013, uh, Antonio Brown last year, and LaShawn McCoy was the worst in 2014. He was the 25th overall non-quarterback. Mm, okay, so who are you taking number one this year in standard? Who, who in half point? Who in full point PPR? It's the same answer for all three. It's David Johnson. Same here. Actually. It's not the same for all three, but it will be the same for all three formats. I'm sorry, I wasn't trying to speak for you. Oh, I thought you were assuming that I just like David Johnson number one. No, I know that you like Le'Veon Bell, but I, I believe that you're going to come around to. Uh, I have no choice to by Sunday if Le'Veon Bell isn't in camp. I mean, Roethlisberger talked about this yesterday. He said there's no substitute for training camp. There's no substitute for getting ready, and we've seen it before with running backs specifically that hold out of training camp, and then they show up a week before the season. Hey guys, I'm ready to play. Well. No, you're not, because you'll strain a hamstring, or you'll tweak something, or you'll hurt something. The problem that I have with moving Le'Veon down from one to two is, is two the last stop? Do you still feel confident taking Le'Veon Bell, knowing that he's kind of a risk once he comes back to Steelers camp? Maybe you don't take him at number two overall. All right, well, we can update that, of course. As of now, we're taking him one or two, I guess two. Uh, we can update that. So obviously this, uh, this is not the last we're going to talk about running backs. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you listen to every single show. And we're going to do our Monday show on Sunday nights this year. So that's going to be pretty fun. So you'll have something for your either late, late Sunday night or for your early Monday morning drive. Um, once the season begins. All right. So next question here. We didn't cover this exactly yesterday. When at this point here on the 16th of August and Ezekiel Elliott should have his hearing on, uh, I think the 29th of August. When do you draft Ezekiel Elliott? 
I like him in late round two. Cause I just, I love the idea of pairing him with one of those early round one players. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just love it. Uh, it sounds like I am not going to get Ezekiel Elliott in our drafts. And it's not that I'm saying you shouldn't draft him. I just would not currently take him until the third round. Middle of the third in PPR, maybe late third. And I think Jamie's willing to take him earlier than that. And if Dave's willing to take him in round two, there's no way they're both passing on him. So I'm out. Yeah, I mean, if I'm drafting now, I'm going to take him middle to the end of round two. You're going to take Leonard Fournette or Ezekiel Elliott? Uh, depends what I did in the first round. Okay, you took a wide receiver. Uh, Fournette. And if you took a running back? That's interesting. I get that, though, because uh, you feel like you've got your running right. back position solidified a little bit. You've got David Johnson or Bell, um, in, in theory. Then, yeah, okay, I understand that. All right, um, I just have this email here from Tom from North Carolina. He wants to know if the same thing that happened with Tom Brady could happen with Ezekiel Elliott. This goes to court. The uh, suspension takes a long time to happen. Maybe it happens later this year. Maybe it happens next year. Could that happen with Ezekiel Elliott? In the words of the great Kevin Garnett, anything is possible. But I don't like, I don't think because the issue is different, Tom Brady was not dealing with the domestic violence issue. I can't see the NFL letting that happen. I feel like they'd use the restricted list like they did with Adrian Peterson. But I don't have inside information that tells me that's their plan. Okay. I just, I have a hard time seeing them have Zeke play every Sunday and the conversation be about this battle over domestic violence. When the, when it was a battle over something as silly as Deflategate, that's fine. It just drives the conversation. I don't think they want this going on for a year. Why? And this is just me not knowing, and I'm asking the question. Why couldn't Commissioner Goodell have used the reserved list, the restricted list on Brady? I think at he that could time? have because the no but, because the the courts intervened, right? That's why I think they intervened. In uh, it could happen again. Yeah, on a suspension. I'm not well, saying it couldn't. I don't. I look. I I I hate the issue. Obviously, it's a terrible thing what Ezekiel Elliott is being accused of and what the NFL has found. Clearly, those, they must have found things that really bothered them that they feel that this punishment is necessary. He's As much as we hate it, he's got the right to fight it. No one can predict how it's going to go and, and what that fight will entail and whether it means fewer games or not. I, th- I think when you draft him, however, you should assume that you're without him for seven weeks, the first seven weeks of the season. Assume that that's the case. I just think that's the safest play. And I've seen some stuff about how, I guess the appeal is supposed to happen, hearing is supposed to happen on August 29th, and it's possible that that may not be resolved week one. So in that case, I assume he would be able to play. I guess the worst, the nightmare situation is he plays like the first three weeks of the season against the worst three matchups they have. And then gets, I'll still up. start him against. Yeah, I mean, he's matchup proof. All right. Listen, right. since this is going to change, um, let's move on. I just want to know if that was a possibility. When Dave says seven games, seven weeks, he's talking six games plus the bye. And let's get back into average draft position. So can I, can I say one last thing on Le'Veon Bell? Yeah, yeah, sure. Mike Tomlin yesterday on Le'Veon Bell, quote, I have no idea when he's going to show up. I need him here yesterday. Mm. Not only for us, but for him. That's my opinion. All right. Very fluid situation. Pay get him. back. Get back in camp. So we can play the Le'Veon Bell theme song. Please get back in camp, Le'Veon Bell. Everybody wants to hear it. 
Just so many people. Okay. You wake so, up in the morning yeah. and you don't like your contract. You're going to sit on your butt all the time. Right. So we left off with uh, Todd Gurley basically at 24th overall. Uh, that was 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 running backs. 12 would be Lamar Miller. But before we get to round three, who are some mid-round running backs that you seem to end up with a lot? Paul Perkins. Um, Mark Ingram. C.J. Anderson. Yeah. Okay. These are some guys that you might be targeting that you feel like are are the head of the class. Carlos Hyde. Joe Mixon. Well, Mixon, I, I mean, Mixon's like a sometimes second, oh, usually like a third round pick now, right? Well, no, I mean, I'm just looking at ADP. Yeah. If, if, if 48 overall is any indication. Sure. So that's going to depend on your draft. Mixon at 48 would be great value. I know Heath likes Ty Montgomery a lot. <clears throat> Dave, who are you targeting in this group? Big group. I like Crowell. I will be fine with Gillisley, Cook, Mixon, even McCaffrey. And then okay. after that, I don't know if I feel so good about anybody. All right, fair enough. So we'll get to all those guys, and hopefully we can come to some consensus. But let's start with round three in a 12-team tw- league. 25th overall pick. Lamar Miller is the 12th running back off the board. In this same round, we have Marshawn Lynch, Christian McCaffrey, and Isaiah Crowell. Lamar Miller, Marshawn Lynch, Christian McCaffrey, and Isaiah Crowell. Uh, who's your favorite of that group of four? I will take Crowell. Uh, Miller. Yeah, I I like Miller and Crowell almost identically, but I'll say Miller. I have my head. So, again, we're at the 12th running back here with Lamar Miller. This is 12, 13, 14, and 15 in standard scoring leagues. Miller, 17th running back last year in standard, 19th in PPR. Average, That's only in 13 games. Uh, right? 14 was, games. 14. Yeah. But it was with... Uh, a career high in carries, 268 carries. Like, he he wasn't good. He was very frustrating. He scored five touchdowns on the ground, one in the air. <clears throat> you think he'll be better this year? Or you expect more of the same? I'll uh, say the same thing I said. I think the workload will be same, but just spanning 16 games. And I do think that he will have more production. Yes, I expect more touchdowns. I would expect more yards per reception. More and maybe a few more receptions. If he averages, if he gets the same workload as he had last year, total touches, that's 18.7 touches per game. I don't think that that's too far off. I think he'd have a few more games where he's under that mark than over it, but I, I think that probably the safer number would be around 17 touches per game times 16 games. That's still 272 touches. That's not bad. I'm just concerned that they're going to give Foreman some opportunities not just just in general here and there, but also at the goal line that'll take work away from uh, from Lamar. So how come you like Isaiah Crowell better? Crowell was 15th in standard last year, 14th in PPR. <clears throat> he averaged 4.8 yards per carry. He played 16 games. In weeks 5 through 12, Isaiah Crowell had fewer than 30 rushing yards in 6 of 8 games. He was really the victim of just being on a bad team. Um, how come, Dave, that you like Crowell better than Lamar Miller? J- Jamie does not. Heath has them basically the same. I think everybody's got them right around the same spot. But why are you taking Crowell? You have faith in Crowell. This is a guy, Dave, that you've been talking about for a while. It seems like you really want to end up with him in the third round. Uh, talk to me about Crowell. I like the offensive line. I like the opportunities that he's going to get. 
Uh, I think he can get right around 17 touches a game, similarly to Lamar Miller, but he'll work the goal line. Duke Johnson's not. They're, they're using Duke Johnson as a slot receiver. You go and look at their first preseason game, Crowell and Duke are on the field at the same time, and it's Crowell who's in the backfield. I think, I think the Browns will be a little more competitive this year than they were last year. And even last year when they were playing from behind, Crowell played a lot and got a lot of work. I think he'll have more touchdowns than Miller. I think the yardage will be close between the two. And so I'll give the edge to Miller, who has a better health track record than Miller does. You'll give the edge to Crowell. Crowell than Miller. I'm sorry. Yeah, no problem. Okay, so uh, the four running backs in this round were Miller, Marshawn Lynch, McCaffrey, and Crowell. How many of them do you actually feel comfortable taking in this round? I mean, I know I asked you to rank them, but do you think this is good value for Miller, Lynch, McCaffrey, and Crowell? Nope. No, there's only two running backs that I really take in a standard league in the third round, and it's Miller and Crowell. Jamie, Dave, you want to weigh in? Crowell ahead of Miller for me. I think if I really needed a running back in round three, and it was late round three, and Miller was there, I wouldn't have a problem with it. Jamie, yeah, I would only I would only take these two guys, and and Miller should go ahead of Crowell as he is here. Lynch going ahead of Crowell is ridiculous. Yeah, I, the thing that's the thing I guess like that's why Travis Kelsey has moved up into the third round. That's why Brady and Rodgers get taken at the end of the third round. There's there's not there's don't not feel running good about backs you want to take in the third round. Right. There's two of them. Well, sure. it's like we talked about yesterday, it's it may not be such a bad idea if you want to go running back running back at certain points in the first two rounds because of what's available to you in round 3. But you could also wait till round 4. But or even, if you really even, like Mixon or Cook, you could go with them in round three. Even the group in round four is not necessarily there's there's not a safety factor there by comparison to the receivers. No, there's not. But I don't think there's a great safety factor with uh, Miller, Crowell, Lynch, and that's, the guys that we're saying. talking about. In round three or round four, it's the same type of safety factor. That's what I'm saying. Though. So you might as well wait and get something else in round three, and then that's go into round four. What I'm saying. Oh, well, then we agree. Yeah. All right. Well, and the wide receivers that are going around this time in round three, when when uh, <clears throat> McCaffrey and Lynch, Miller and Crowell are going, we're looking at well, Ty Hilton has fallen into the third round. Amari Cooper, Doug Baldwin. Now, there are some quarterbacks that are going ahead of these guys. That may maybe that does happen, but in your leagues, probably not. So you could be lo- you could be looking at like DeAndre Hopkins. Um, Keenan Allen, Demarius Thomas, guys. I don't like know. That. I think in their leagues, it's likely that you're going to see a quarter, quarterbacks going in the first and second round. That's that's the normal thing. We're the ones trying to drive that down. All right, maybe. Uh, I, I okay. So let's go back to running backs here. Let's go to Christian McCaffrey. Well, let's talk about Marshawn Lynch and Christian McCaffrey because Lynch is a guy that you've been calling a bust at his average draft position for for. Months, as soon as we saw where he was going, third round, <coughs> excuse me, way too early, uh, in your opinions. But I will say Latavius Murray didn't have a very good year last year. He averaged, I think, four yards per carry. He finishes a number 13 running back in both standard and PPR. Why couldn't LeSha- uh, Marshawn Lynch do that? Because he's old. He could be slow. And I don't know if he's fully the same guy that he was two years ago. Much less one year ago. All right, you got the I don't year know if I want the guy from two years ago, to be honest with you, because he got hurt and wasn't that great he to was, begin with. He was bad. Is he the but same guy from three years ago? 
Well, I don't know about that, but he was he was an elite running back at that point. At three years ago, he was an elite running back, but that was also before he got hurt, before the workload caught up with him, and before he retired and took off for a year. Well, 195 carries, 788 yards, 12 rushing touchdowns, plus 264 receiving yards. You're not going to get that from Lynch. Can you get 910 from Lynch? or Because I think people are banking on the touchdowns. Do you think he can get double-digit touchdowns? I don't think it's likely, but that's the that's the way that he comes close to meeting value. Okay. But you're just drafting him at his absolute ceiling. Yeah, probably. Jamie, um, Christian McCaffrey, <clears throat> what do you? He's a fourth round. He's a third round pick right now, even in standard. What do you think about McCaffrey? <laughs> excuse me, as he shares work with uh, Stewart. The touchdowns will be what make or break him finishing in this spot. But he's gonna have the chance to be a total yard monster. If they use him the right way. So where would you guys feel comfortable taking Christian McCaffrey? I'm okay with him at the back end of the third round in PPR. Fourth round standard. Yeah, I, I, I go to the end of the fourth in standard and early fourth in PPR. All of these late, running backs. Go, sorry, Dave. What were you going to say? I was just going to say late round four standard, early round four PPR. All of these rookie running backs have so much potential. They're better than the incumbents, right? We know that. They're they're better than No, we don't know we don't know that all like with McCaffrey, yes, I believe that he will be better than Jonathan Stewart. Alright, which running back do you think is not better than the incumbent? Maybe Dalvin Cook? I'm talking about the top four. I'm sorry. Top four guys. Fournette, Mixon, McCaffrey, Cook. Okay. Uh, yes. I should clarify. I do think the top four running backs are better than the incumbent. These I'm guys sure. have so much upside. They could have huge years. They could make your season. And, and they're so exciting. I mean, and obviously Fournette goes first. McCaffrey goes second. Right now, Cook and Mixon. Let's see. Cook is going ahead of Mixon, I believe. No, Mixon's going ahead of Cook. So Mixon three, Cook four. Um, I don't know. Like, Tell me about the rookie running backs and what – who you're excited about? Um, you can include Fournette, even though we talked about him yesterday. Like, do you feel these guys could could be huge for fantasy this year? Yes, yes. I mean, Adam, you made the declaration what that Christian McCaffrey could be the the best one of the group. Yeah, and, and then I just, saw Mixon. He passed, <laughs> he passed the eyeball test for you. Sure. Uh, I I think that'll be the case for a lot of people, especially in PPR leagues. Uh, Cook has a similar type of upside and and potentially the the best workload. Aside from Fournette, at least right now, because we haven't seen Murray on the field yet for the Vikings, and, and who knows what they're going to do with Jerry McKinnon. I think Mixon, just based on potential, is the best of the four. Um, but, you know, he's he's also in a, in a crowded backfield with a, a suspect offensive line, but he can do everything, as he showed at college. So uh, I, I think they're all worth taking in, in the first uh, the first four or five rounds. Um, but there's... There is risk involved with it, for sure. I don't think any of them... You might see Cook make it to round five, but I think in most drafts you're going to see all of them gone by the end of round four. And it makes perfect sense. They all have they all have the potential, as you said, Adam, to really make your fantasy season. So I like the idea of trying to get one of them. But if you wanted to rank the ceilings for these four players, I wouldn't rank them the way I have them ranked. Right now in fantasy, I've got it Fournette, Cook, Mixon, McCaffrey. If I really wanted to go with who's got the biggest ceiling in each city and with each team that they're on, honestly, I think I'd put Mixon first because I think if he's got the opportunity that Dalvin Cook looks like he has or that Leonard Fournette has, 
he's got a chance to pull a Zeke. I think he is that good of a player. And I would probably go Fournette second, Cook third, and McCaffrey fourth as far as ceilings go. I'm going to play the devil's advocate and just poo-poo on the parade for a second. Just because you said they have an opportunity to, to make your season. I don't feel like at their current cost they really do because most of these guys were drafting pretty close to what their upside is. Leonard Fournette's going in the second round. Christian McCaffrey in a standard league is going in the third round. Fournette is on a bad team. Mixon and Cook have terrible offensive lines. McCaffrey is not the primary red zone running back, and I would not expect him to lead the team in carries. So I love their potential and their upside, but I feel like they're being drafted at that potential and their upside. Well, I mean, to play devil's advocate to your devil's advocate, uh, (laughs) you know, when you look at Mixon and and Cook with their offensive line situations, we talked about this, uh, I think, yesterday. Um, Frank Gore was a top 12 running back with a terrible offensive line. I don't think the Colts offensive line last year was as bad as the Bengals or Vikings this year. It turned into a pretty bad line by the end of the year. It's it's just not a great group. Yeah, right. They, and they and I don't problems. think either of these guys get Frank Gore's workload from last year. And uh, no, but they these can guys create all be better and Frank receivers. Gore they they all may be better receivers at this point in their career than Frank Gore is right. now. Cook and Mixon also are great creators. They can go out on the edge, they can make a man miss, they can break a tackle. They're certainly yeah, capable. 49ers of that. offensive line wasn't great last year. Carlos Hyde was was a very successful running back. And again, you could you could argue that these guys aren't as good as Carlos Hyde or they they or they may be better. So there's there's still a chance that they outperform their situations. Um, right. I just feel like they're being drafted to outperform their situation. The most likely sure, outcome but the is guys that are being, worse than their ADP. I mean, just, just, just to compare them to the guys that are being drafted around, the guy that goes right in front of them, Marshawn Lynch, we illustrated what his risk potential is because he's you know collecting Social Security. The guys that are going after them or, or, or around them, Spencer Ware, not guaranteed that he's going to be the starter for 16 games. Mark Ingram. There's a, a, a huge uh, guy standing behind him that could take his workload away. Ty Montgomery, is there a guarantee that the converted running back is the best running back in Green Bay? So I mean, let me l- let me jump in. Would you guys take Ty Montgomery or Joe Mixon? I take Joe Mixon. I I don't buy Ty Montgomery for 16 games. More importantly, let's get back to the thing that I wanted to bring up yesterday, which is the running backs that have the potential to give you a big season, to get you over a thousand yards, to get you eight touchdowns. I don't know if Ty's got it. I think Joe Mixon has that potential. Well, Ty definitely has it if we're talking about total yards. And receiving yards, well, so those yards guys count know. the same. I, I'll take Montgomery. All right. Uh, would you take Carlos Hyde or Dalvin Cook? Hyde. Cook. I would take Cook's potential. I would say that with the rookie running backs, maybe other than Fournette, it, I've been saying this for a while, so I'm sorry if this is repetitive, uh, if you've been listening to the show. Might take a little while. Might take a few weeks. I think maybe you want to make sure that you've got backup plans early in the season. But eventually, I just see Jeremy Hill is bad, right? Mixon's going to overtake him. Latavius Murray is very average. He's not even practicing yet. He's coming off the offseason ankle surgery. Dalvin Cook's going to overtake him if he hasn't already. Jonathan Stewart's played 13 games, exactly 13 games, I think, three years in a row. So he's probably going to miss time, and he's not that good anymore. And I understand red zone is a concern with Cam and with Jonathan Stewart. But Christian McCaffrey was a top 10 pick. I told you every top 10 running back has been taken in the last like five years since Trent Richardson. There's only been three of them. They've all been top 10 running backs in standard and PPR in their first season. I don't know if he's going to get there, but I think they're going to showcase him. So I just feel like, you know, you're taking these guys kind of like Zeke in a sense where you'll, you might have to fill in the blanks for a few weeks, 
but you're hoping that it's just so obvious why they took these guys with first and second round picks in the NFL draft, and they're just they're just going to dominate late in the season well, I, and help you win. I, I think another another part of it is Fournette and McCaffrey went where they were going to go in the NFL draft because of what they're you know what they showcased in college. Take away the situation with Mixon. Take away the the conversation about Cook that he had some off field issues. Those guys were first round. Of picks. course, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And I just want to clarify at the end. I'm not trying to say that Fournette, McCaffrey, Mixon, Cook that they're bad running backs, or I don't think they're going to have great careers. I just don't think their values where they're being drafted. Okay, Heath is Heath is right. They're, they're they're being close. I don't know if they're at their ceiling, but they're close to their ceiling. But I'll. I'll reiterate. I think a lot of the guys around them are close to their ceiling too. Yeah. And that's the problem. Is okay. So if you have to draft these guys at your ceiling, which one are you drafting? The one that you don't know, or the one that you? Yeah, probably receivers. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I mean, fair, but you got to take running backs at some point. But yeah, all right, we'll dig a little deeper into average draft position. Um, tell me though, when since you think Marshawn Lynch is way too early in the third round, when would you guys take Marshawn Lynch? Round five. Yep. Okay. Uh, round seven. Oh wow! All right, you're not gonna get him. That's fine. And uh, none of us are. PPR even lower, right? Yeah. Okay. I just want to, these are my favorite Christian McCaffrey stats. Rose Bowl two years ago, uh, he had he had uh, 18 carries for 172 yards, only 9.6 yards per carry. He had four catches for 105 yards, and I believe he had a 75 yard touchdown catch. He returned one kick for 28 yards and one punt for a 63 yard touchdown, and that was the day. I fell in love with Christian McCaffrey. Now, we want value when we draft. We want value when we buy tickets. That's why we use SeatGeek. You all need to use SeatGeek, and I've got a great offer for you. $20 off your first purchase with the SeatGeek app if you use our promo code FFT. That promo code is FFT. Look, buying tickets to sports, concerts, it can be complicated. Not anymore, though. SeatGeek is a better, smarter, easier way to go to live events. You'll save time and money. Because SeatGeek searches multiple ticket sites. It grades every ticket based on value. It gives you the best values, the best seats that fit your budget right in front of your face. These are the tickets you need to buy. Every purchase is fully guaranteed. So anytime you want to go to a game, a concert, comedy, theater, get the SeatGeek app on your phone. And the first time you buy tickets, you can get $20 off with our promo code. So again, download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code FFT. That's promo code FFT for 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. Back to average draft position. All right, we are done with uh, 15 running backs at this point, and we will go to round four, where Spencer Ware is waiting for us. Spencer Ware, Mark Ingram, Ty Montgomery, Joe Mixon, and Tevin Coleman's right there at the end of the round as well. We're getting close to uh, 19 or so running backs off the board. Spencer Ware, Mark Ingram, Ty Montgomery, Joe Mixon, Tevin Coleman. Ware, Ingram, Montgomery, Mixon, Coleman. I am a repeater, everybody, I, I, I letting you know. Uh, who's your favorite? Jamie. Um, Mixon. Okay. Heath. Ingram. Dave. I like to take my M&Ms and my ice cream, and I like to mix in some more <laughs> stuff. Okay, tell me, I'm gonna give you the name. This is a, a round four in a 12 team league running back. And I want all three of you to say yes or no. Do you feel comfortable drafting them in this round? Spencer Ware? Nope. No. Nope. Mark Ingram? Yes. No. What round is this? Round four. four. In I a prefer, standard, I would prefer not to. 41st overall. 
Uh, so two, so one no, one yes, and a one. Pro- it's hopefully a not. no. It's I've got him ranked 49th. All right, that's right outside the top four rounds. Mm-hmm. Ty Montgomery. Yep. No. No. Okay, Joe Mixon. Yes. Yes. Nope. Uh, come on, Heath. Heath and Amy. Tevin Coleman. No chance. No. no. Yeah, he's too high. Tevin Coleman way too high at 48th overall. Now, if Devontae Freeman gets hurt, Tevin Coleman can have a monster year. But, um, <clears throat> all right. So well, we, technically, he already is hurt. He's got the oh concussion. yeah concussion protocol. That's it's right. nothing that we think is going to cost him playing time. Uh so. We agree Spencer Ware. We agree Tevin Coleman. No Ware, no Coleman in this round. Round four in a 12-team league. Picks 41 to 49. Uh, that's that's where Ware and Coleman are going. So um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. Okay, uh, Ware, Ingram, and Montgomery. Or, excuse me, Ingram, Montgomery, and Mixon. So Dave and Jamie like Mixon. Heath, why not Mixon in round four? Did I you just tell us why like two minutes ago? Yeah, I kind of like I did. Okay, all right, that's fair. I think the better question is why Ingram and Montgomery? Um, well, Ingram, like the big concern is he's got Kamara there. He's got Adrian Peterson there and they're going to take his touches away. He was a top 11 running back last year, top 10 running back last year. Yes. Tim Hightower got 133 carries in that offense. Travaris Cadet and Hightower combined for 70 targets. There's plenty of touches to go around for Adrian Peterson and Alvin Kamara and Ingram to still be a top 12 running back. He was 10th in standard. He was 8th in PPR. He had 46 catches. Ingram, look, Ingram is showing himself to be a very good player. I I don't really get why they signed Adrian Peterson. Not even sure he fits with that offense. Um, but, uh, you know, eight games with 14 or more carries. Mark Ingram averaged 17 fantasy points per game in standard scoring. That's that's elite. That would have made him right up there with, like, LaShawn McCoy last year. And uh, he was... He only played 12 games in 2015, but Ingram was good that year too. 15th in standard, 11th in PPR. I would love Ingram here. Again, if it, you know, if you don't believe in Adrian Peterson, I don't feel like you guys do. Like Ingram, Ingram could end up being a steal in drafts. Uh, he he could. I, I think the problem is that last year was everything worked out great for him statistically. Can he do it again? Especially the games played, because he's had a hard time playing 16 games. Mm-hmm. And if Peterson takes away some product. Look, Peterson's a better talent than Tim Hightower, even at this age. Can he stay healthy for, you know, 16 games? That's that's a hard question to answer. But maybe Kamara's better than anything they've ever had in that third guy. So I I, I just think there's a little bit more risk built in with Ingram. And, you know, I, I've, I've spent some time with him this offseason. He's in great shape. He's ready to go. They could be a little bit more run-centric this year than they maybe have in the Sean Payton-Drew Brees era. But if Peterson does get you eight to ten games and does get to, I think it was 155 total touches for Hightower, 133 carries, 20, yep. 22 catches. Yep. I think it could be 155 carries, but I think his touchdowns could go a little bit north of what Hightower was. He had five. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be surprising. Kuhn had five. And you know, and Ingram, I'll K- tell you, Kadet had four. They had 14 between those three guys. That's interesting. Ingram is probably going to lose. Passing game production. He he had four receiving touchdowns last right. year. Right, that's where I was going to go. For. Yeah, I don't think well, he's going to lose I, passing I don't, game. Production. I don't think he's going to lose passing game. He'll lose receiving touchdowns. The touchdowns. Four for running back is hard to replicate. But he's good. That that I think is where he has to win the most because uh, that's something that Peterson, even at his best, which was with Brett Favre, he's not close to what Ingram can do. But what about Kamara? I mean, like Darren Sproles right, was the, a, was a seventy I, catch I, I, guy. I, I, 
I just think, look, fourth round to me feels like we're we're buying the ceiling with him too. All right, fair enough. Uh, so let's talk about the uh, the Packers backfield. And Jamie, I'll let you start since you just based on what you said yesterday and today don't really seem to believe in Ty Montgomery, and you even had uh, Jamal Williams as a sleeper yesterday. Give me your thoughts on the Packers' backfield. I'll take Ty Montgomery. There is no way I'm taking him before the sixth round, and I know I'm not getting him because I don't see a situation where he is going to dominate touches in this backfield when they have a guy behind him who, by all accounts, could be just as good, if not better, as a running back. Now, he Montgomery and PPR should be in this range for sure, but in standard leagues— if Montgomery fumbles again, what if he fumbles in the second preseason game or the third preseason game? What if he fumbles week one? Well, that, that goes without saying. But if if he's going to have a hard time picking up blitz protection or struggling in pass protection when a rookie's already better than him and a rookie's probably better than him running between the tackles, they were pretty clear with how they used him last year. I will year. say Ty Montgomery was exceptional running between the tackles last year. He was he was the most elus- elusive running back by PFF's metrics after week nine. He he broke all kinds of tackles. He ran for 5.9 yards per carry. Ty Montgomery is a very good running back. He had a lot of that in that game against Chicago when he scored 28 right. fantasy points. Right. The problem I've got with Montgomery is that he only had three games last year. Let's let's bring it to what is important here, fantasy. He only had three games with double digits and fantasy points. His fourth best game was eight, and he only had one of those. Now, that was his in standard. His game though. was seven. He only had one of those. That, that was Go in look standard. at his last seven or so weeks. He had two nice games in there and everything else was five fantasy yeah. points or fewer. But Dave, he also only had one game with double digit carries, which maybe is to your point. I don't know what to expect from Ty Montgomery. He did average 5.9 yards per carry. Now the Packers lost two offensive guards, TJ Lang and Josh Sitton. They did add Jari Evans. I don't know if they're, I feel like their line's going to be a little bit worse. I think their line's going to be okay. <clears throat> I don't mind the replacements that they made on the line. What I'm worried about is Mike McCarthy wants to have a three-down back. He's talked about before. He doesn't want to mix and match. He doesn't want to go and use one guy on first and second down and one guy on third down. How much leash does Ty Montgomery have? If he begins the season and he struggles against Seattle in week one, against Atlanta in week two, against Cincinnati in week three, does he make it to that week four game against Chicago and get the opportunities to keep getting 15 touches a game? Because after those first three games, if the Packers find themselves not having much of a rushing presence, McCarthy can give him the hook, and it's Jamal Williams' time. Okay, so I know that you, you, Dave and Jamie, but not Heath, would take Mixon over Montgomery in standard. Who would you take in PPR? Same. Mixon. Would you take Montgomery or or Hyde in PPR? I'd go with Hyde. I think they both have a chance to have a quick hook, but I think Hyde's the better running back. Yeah, I would take Montgomery there. I, I think if there's going to be a chance for him to win, it's in this format. All right. And and Heath is more of a Montgomery believer. All right. Uh, I think that pretty much wraps up round four, which, again, was where too early. Ingram, Montgomery, Mixon, and Tevin Coleman too early. So let's get to round five. Is round five in a 12-team league? We're talking like 49th overall to 60th overall. Is that too early for Tevin Coleman? I don't I like really six. want Tevin Coleman. I like round six better. Yeah, round six is certainly suitable for him. He, he's the one backup running back right now that has the best standalone value. Do you think that the— Assuming that the rookies end up being starters. Freeman owner should take Tevin Coleman in round five. No. Be late round five in theory. Only if you feel he's the best player on the board. Okay. 
You could probably get him in early round six. If you're picking late in round five, you pick again soon in round six. Hopefully he can slide to you then. I would probably take that chance. Okay, so here's round five of running backs. We're we're in the 20s now in running backs, right around there. Carlos Tevin Coleman, Carlos Hyde, Dalvin Cook, who's rising up the ADP right now. He's up eight spots. Uh, and C.J. Anderson. Ooh, there's a guy in round six that I can't wait to talk about. But first, round five, Coleman, Carlos Hyde, Dalvin Cook, C.J. Anderson. So let's play the same game. Do you feel comfortable taking, we already said no on Coleman, Carlos Hyde in round five, 51st overall? Yep. Yes. Dave? I'm fine with Hyde there. Dalvin Cook? Yep, yep. absolutely. Are you okay with Cook in round four? Yes. Nope. Uh, PPR, yes. CJ Anderson. Yep. Yes. He's a round five guy. Who's your favorite? Hyde, Cook, or Anderson? Anderson. Cook. Uh, Cook, but Anderson's right behind him. Anderson to me is the only, is, is the one guy in this group that if he plays 16 games could be a top five guy. Really? Yes. I'm so conflicted on him. I, I do sort of feel like he's just going to be at the mercy of his offensive line. How do you feel about C.J. Anderson? Well, I think his offensive line got dramatically better this year. Yeah, and that's that that could be huge. And I, he mm-hmm. probably has, uh, the, I mean, the grip on the job, you'd think, right? Yes, he sure. does. The only thing that would stop him would be an injury. That's oh. the thing, though. It, 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 you that's have what to, stops you, him. You have, to build an inju- in, in, you have to build an injury with him, which is just mm-hmm. unfortunate because, like I said, I'll say it again. 16 games from him, he could be the best running back of this group. He could be a top five guy. He's the guy in this round, besides Coleman, who's a backup, that is not on a terrible team, does not have a terrible offensive line, should have it be on a team that scores touchdowns occasionally. There's just so much more upside. I just and got burned by Anderson. handcuff him at a discount price. I got burned Which, by Anderson last year, though. I'm a little gun-shy this year. Well, that's what you're supposed to do is if somebody screws, screws up your team in the past, never draft them again. Uh, well, the round five thought, is certainly not bad. Certainly not. Right. Last last year we were drafting him in round three. But I, I also think the scheme fits him better now than the zone blocking that was there. I think now that they're going to do a little bit more power running, and they've got good linemen for that. Leary and Bowles are definitely two guys that can – do the power game. I think that fits Anderson better. The bigger theme I think you'll see in round five and in round six is we're going to have a lot more agreement on this is when we like to take running backs. Okay. Well, I would I, I would take Cook over Anderson. I forgot who who said they would take Cook over Anderson. Just Dave. Me. I did too. Yeah. Oh, you would take Cook. Okay. Hmm? All right. And, nope. and Heath Heath, you're going Anderson over Cook. Anderson over Cook over Dalvin Cook. Um, Carlos Hyde. How many carries do you think he'll get this year? Do you think he will get 200 carries for the 49ers? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I think he'll get more than 200 carries. Well, that I mean, all three of these guys. Well, I mean, last year it wasn't like he, he had 217. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he's in a worse situation this year than he was last year. He played 13 games, though. Um, but he's been hurt each, uh, each every year of his career. Yes, <laughs> 14, 11, and 13 games played. Uh, maybe not a great fit for Kyle Shanahan. He had his best year under Chip Kelly, and, and Chip Kelly, this is Carlos Hyde, Chip Kelly does well with running backs. We've heard so much talk about Hyde not fitting in, in Shanahan's offense, but I guess he's so far he has staved yeah. off competition. Uh, Adam, um, I'd say running backs do pretty well in Kyle Shanahan's offense. They do, but he's not that kind of running back. I don't, I don't buy that there is an offensive system that is more, a better fit for Tim Hightower and Matt Breida and Joe Williams than Carlos Hyde. 
You know, it's funny because at, at the owners' meetings, this was pre-draft. They had just signed Hightower, I believe. Uh, he said, uh, I asked him about Carl Side Shanahan, and he said, you know, I'm excited to work with him. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to get him in our system. It was just such a 180 after, right. after that conversation. Then they don't like him. They don't want him. They don't, you know, maybe it was just all a motivational tactic to get him in his best shape. And yep. by all reports, he's in his best shape. That's what it seems like. I, I, I think he's, he's certainly, you know, flipped the script on what happened at the NFL draft. The problem is, though, is if the reports are true, that Kyle Shanahan begged John Lynch to take Joe Williams. And Matt Breida had a tremendous spring. And Tim Hightower is still a guy that's going to get some work because he's resurrected himself over the last couple of seasons after, you know, washing out in Arizona. That's just going to take some stuff away from Hyde. And, and, and Shanahan has shown he did it last year. He used Coleman and he used Freeman. And I don't think that there are two guys on this team that resemble Coleman and Freeman, unfortunately. Hyde should be the best of the group. But there are still just other mouths that they're going to try and feed to some capacity. It's not going to be all those guys because they're not going to give four tailbacks touches. But you also got Kyle Uchek there, and he's the guy that's going to get work too. And more importantly, last year he used Freeman and Coleman, and he had lots of opportunities to use Freeman and Coleman. On the highest because the Falcons the were playing a lot of uh, uh, a lot of plays from the lead and in close games, and I don't think the 49ers will be quite in that good of a situation this year. For what it's worth, Atlanta did not run the ball as much as the Niners did last year. The Niners had the fifth most rush attempts in the NFL last that's, season. That's that's their offense. That's what they could do. Remember who their quarterbacks were last yeah, year. Yeah, I, I guess remember that's, who their coach was. It's not going to get much better. He's still running behind a bad offensive line. There are going to be some new faces on that line, but it doesn't look good. But I think it was seriously, like Hyde, Anderson, Cook, huge upside in round five. Exciting, yep. to, exciting part of the draft when you're drafting running backs, and it's only going to get. More exciting is here we go round six, Mike Gillisley. Uh, okay, so round six is pick sixty one through seventy two, and technically there's only one running back going in round six, and that's Mike Gillisley. Why is he going so late, seventieth overall? Is it just the hamstring injury? He's not the starting running back yet. Well, we he's all believe he's the best candidate. We all think that's what's going to happen, but he cannot. What's the what? You can't win the job in the tub. Is that the uh, saying? Is he Something even in like the that. tub? I don't know where he's at. I think he's like on the sideline with one of those like stretchy things that you, they use. You, you can't ride. Legs. You can't ride the bike to win the job. So when would you take Mike Gillisley? This range. Yeah. I I I. You know when training camp first started, he got the first opportunity in their goal line package, and then the hamstring injury has crept up, and you know you probably ask. Ten guys who cover the Patriots, who they think the best running back will be, and they may give you ten different answers. <laughs> um, it, it's it's frustrating because people will say, "Well, they spent money on Rex Burkhead, they made the investment in Gillisley, Deion Lewis looks to be you know close to 100 percent, which is big for him." And I I think the one guy who's got his role carved out is James White, but Burkhead and 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 Lewis can kind of do some of those things as well. It could be one of the worst years ever for the Patriots backfield. You know, whereas last year we kind of had a blessing that LeGarrette Blunt was as good as he was. Yeah, and and so I looked at – I've given this stat for months now, but last five years you look at the team leaders and carries. They featured Steven Ridley, 290 carries in 16 games, then 178 in 14 games. Uh, they featured LeGarrette Blunt. Ridley and Blunt averaged about 16 carries per game when they were featured. That would be huge for Gillisley. 
he's he's been really good with the Bills. 5.7 yards per carry two years in a row. Really good for fantasy on very limited touches. If he had gotten a hundred and oh gosh, I don't even know. If he had gotten like 77 carries, whatever, it doesn't matter. It just, that's kind of a kind of a confusing one. But he's been very good, Mike Gillisley. I drafted him in on Saturday, and I took Deion Lewis later. Which running back would you handcuff um, Gillisley to if you were going to? Which Patriot, Patriots running back? Burkhead, Lewis? Whichever one went last. I would go Burkhead because I think you can get him as that guy last. Well, the, I the took Lewis. Guy. Lewis is going – White goes in PPR. You know, White's got his role like Jamie said. Would you rather have Lewis or Burkhead I guess is my question. I think it's Burkhead just because they'll probably use him in the goal line role more so than they would Lewis. Okay. Yeah, I, I have no idea. I'm just taking That's one the better answer. Last. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Uh, let's go to the next round then. And a lot of running backs going here between 75th and 80th overall. And they are Danny Woodhead, who's obviously going to have a much different value in standard versus PPR. Adrian Peterson, 77th overall pick. LeGarrette Blunt, Bilal Powell, and Latavius Murray. Woodhead, Peterson, LeGarrette Blunt. Bilal Powell, Latavius Murray. How do these values look to you? Mostly a big nope. Um, I'm okay with Woodhead and Powell here. Even in standard or only in PPR? Both. PPR, you, you might have blunt? to. PPR, oh, sorry, but PPR with Woodhead and Powell, you gonna you might have to take them a little earlier, right? They're not. They're not waiting. Wait uh, around at this point. Yeah, even Powell and Powell. Actually, we talked about off the air uh, before the show started. Look what he did in his last four games. Uh, he had 29 carries for 145 yards and two touchdowns and five catches at San Francisco. Everybody ran on San Francisco. He had a, another good game with about 160 total yards, 27 touches against the Dolphins. He averaged four yards per carry, had 74 total yards at New England. And then Powell finished the game with 137 total yards and a touchdown against the Bills. In those last four games, he averaged – Five or more yards per carry in three of those four games. Uh, I, none of us believe in Forte. Why is it that Bilal Powell is not just going to run away with this job at some point and be a big-time value, even in standard scoring leagues? I think he could be. I think he absolutely could be that runaway big-time value, and I think it'll, it won't be because of his rushing prowess. It'll just be because of his volume as a runner and a receiver. And I think that's important to note is that he's the last – great hope that this offense really has yeah he they can they can work with him this is a guy who can fit into the west coast offense that they're that they're morphing into he can he can be a factor as a pass catcher they're going to be playing from behind a lot he should lead the way in playing time touches total yards just the touchdowns i I don't think he's going to get many touchdowns powell okay he's a good pass catcher um, He's very good. Powell or Woodhead in PPR, guys? Who would you rather have? Woodhead. 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 You know, I, I just, like, we don't like 32-year-old running backs coming off of knee surgery when they're in New Orleans. Why do we like 32-year-old running backs coming off of knee surgery when they're Danny Woodhead? Um, Because he's, well, I guess they're going the same in, in standard leagues. I, I would just say I like Woodhead's value in PPR. We've seen him do it, but. <clears throat> well, it's the, the Peter situations thing. are so yeah. totally different. Yep. I mean, one one guy's reliant on his pass-catching ability in an offense that leans on that position so much. 100 catches to their three main running, over 100 catches to their three main running backs last year. And Woodhead is dramatically better than Kenneth Dixon, Terrence West, and Kyle Juchek in that role, who are those three guys. 
Peterson's going to have to make his money going between the tackles. I mean, that, that they're just going to his knees are going to take a beating. Are you okay with Woodhead as your number two running back in PPR? Definitely. Yes. Are you okay yeah. with him as your number one running back in PPR if you go zero RB? Yes. Okay. The last two times he's played sixteen games, every Wo- even season. Yeah, Woodhead every was odd season, season. Woodhead was number eleven and number three. In PPR, that was a bad year though, that was 2015. And number 16 and number 13 in standard actually. They just played 16 games and accumulated those fantasy points. Uh, alright, so also in this group with Woodhead and Powell, we have LeGarrette Blunt. Round seven too early for Blunt? I don't hate that value. When I first said a, a bunch of nope, I was thinking more in terms of there's like five running backs that we still haven't got to in ADP mm-hmm. that I have ranked ahead of anybody in this group. But um, we'll get to them later, I guess. Blunt's fine in the seventh in a standard league. Latavius Murray, it's too early, right? He's he's dropping Way ten spots, so that's going to keep going down. And Adrian Peterson, is this the right time for Peterson? Nope. No. I would wait on Blunt and Peterson until round eight. Okay. So let's go to round eight. Pretty exciting round, actually. I think a lot of these guys in our drafts were going to prefer to, <clears throat> you know, Peterson to Blunt to Latavius Murray. Maybe to Powell and Woodhead and Standard, maybe not in PPR. But these are Paul Perkins, who's actually going down eight spots. There's a report that he's not, he does not have a grip on that job anymore, and that they were disappointed with him after week one of preseason, with three carries or whatever. Uh, Doug Martin, Amir Abdullah, Eddie Lacy, Frank Gore. This is, I mean, I don't know that these are actually round eight guys, but if they are, awesome. Paul Perkins, Doug Martin. Amir Abdullah, Eddie Lacy, and Frank Gore. It would be good value for all of them, right, in theory? Uh, We're talking Lacey. about starting running backs available in round eight. Not Lacy. Right, not Lacy, because he's not a starter. Oh, uh, I don't know if I believe that, though. Like, he's not a starter now. You believe that? And he's dropped nine I think spots. I think Rawls will get the first opportunity. Lacy's going to have moments to start. Rawls has a hard time staying healthy. Yeah. Alright, who, so Perkins, Martin, who's suspended three games, Abdullah, Lacey, Gore, who are your two favorites? Um, Martin and Abdullah. Perkins and Abdullah. Abdullah and Martin. Martin, Abdullah, Martin, Abdullah, well, Dave likes Abdullah. Then Martin. Then Martin, and then, who'd you say Perkins and who? Heath? Perkins and Abdullah. Alright, Heath, you're the Paul Perkins guy. I got a, a terrible stat. Uh, I don't know, I, look, Last year, five running backs, I think, scored 11 or more rushing touchdowns. Yeah. The Giants have combined for 11 rushing touchdowns in their last two seasons. Okay. That's terrible. Uh, it's just so that's not- five and a half per year? Yeah, for the entire team. Not for one running back. For the entire team. Rashad Jennings yeah. has led them with three touchdowns each of the last two years. And maybe I'm just wrong about this, but my take on the we're not happy with Paul Perkins is a motivational ploy. Shane Vereen... Can't play four games and stay healthy. Orleans Darkwa is not the answer at running back. Paul Perkins is going to be their running back. Paul Perkins is going to get 200-plus touches, and he's going to score five-plus touchdowns. Okay, but if he – look, three years ago, I think Andre Williams scored seven touchdowns, so I'm not going to say that they can't reverse this trend. It happens all the time. Uh, but if he's only going to score five to seven touchdowns, then he's a great value in the eighth round. But does he have the upside of Abdullah and Doug Martin? But not I mean, that you always have to Doug draft Martin. upside. Not that you always have to draft upside. Go ahead, Heath. Right. I don't. I don't think Doug Martin's necessarily going to score more than five, six, seven touchdowns. He's only playing thirteen games. 
at best. Yeah, but on a per, okay, that's true. Obviously, you're going to fill in for him for three games, but on a per game basis, it just I, doesn't. Look, I, I I was excited about Paul Perkins. It just doesn't feel like it's going to happen for him. I mean, we don't have much to go on. He didn't get that many carries. I last he, year. Looked, he looked good in the last he four did. games. He did. I yeah. feel the same about him as I do Abdullah. I, I view them almost exactly the same. The difference is after Abdullah's crappy two carries in the preseason week one, they didn't say anything negative about him. But he had a 14 yard catch to start. He only had one carry, I think. He had a 14 yard catch to start the game. Now he's obviously they have theoretic. Um, and and Abdullah does have a terrible schedule to start the year, and his left tackles out for a while. He starts. It's also pedigree, though. I mean, Abdullah's pedigree is better than Paul Perkins. Yeah. So you're going to give him a lo- little bit of a longer leash. For whatever for whatever reason, Ben McAdoo has a thing for Orleans Darkwa. Yeah. And look, Shane Vereen is basically a poor man's theoretic. So there, there, there's guys that take away in the, in that capacity. Well, and I think like with I guess you could say that Zach Zinner is the uh, Orleans Darkwa of the Lions. Potentially. I don't think it's fair to judge Perkins based on his first preseason game. His no, first but run it's was not. good. Everything else was either a short yardage carry or he got blown he, up behind but the But his first tremendous. run was what McAdoo said was he should have made the defensive back miss and he didn't. And, so and we don't know how good he is. It's practice sports too. It's, yeah. it's not just that. I mean, you have The line have, sucks. Sorry, the if, line sucks. If you have, you know, just taking what's coming out of each camp if you're comparing Abdullah and and Perkins, one side is saying we want to give this guy, we want to feature this guy, we want to, you know, make him our our guy. And the other one's like, eh, he's competing with Orleans Dark One. Here's what's <laughs> happening is the Giants, I think, are realizing that they're going to have to throw. And it's it, it plays into what they did during the offseason. That's going to be bad because they they had to throw last year and Eli oh, wasn't good. He wasn't good, but he's got better weapons this year than he had last year. And hopefully if Eli can improve in some regard and get some of his accuracy back, hopefully that happens. You're going to see all those guys play a bigger role. And maybe the best role for the running back is going to be like a change of pace for the entire offense and a, and a pass protector. Well, then that's Shane Vereen. Right. Uh, well, Doug Martin has had five seasons in the NFL. He's had more than 1,400 rushing yards twice and less than 500 rushing yards three times. He's been either bad or injured in those seasons. He is suspended for three games. What do you expect from Doug Martin? In fact, let me ask you this. If he, if he were not suspended, where would you rank Doug Martin? Near 20. Yeah. He'd yes. be the last of the, well, ever, the likely heavy down running. Back. But the thing is, though, if he was not suspended, would he be motivated? Because that's kind of been his mo: motivated coming into the NFL, motivated contract year. Jason Light, the GM, said this is the guy that we saw his contract season. So when he puts his mind to it, his body's apparently in great shape. We haven't really seen it on Hard Knocks yet, um, which I'm sure will come. You know, last night's episode was the uh, Roberto Aguayo episode. Um, so Doug Martin's story is probably going to be told at some point here in the next couple of weeks, and that may or may not excite people or turn people off if he doesn't you know, have a good showing on the show. But I, I think if you're getting him in the eighth round with the ability to, to take the, the backup there, or at least the presumed backup, which as of right now is Jacquez Rogers, it's such a good situation for you because, again, if that guy does what he's capable of doing, He's been a top five guy those two seasons that you're referencing. I don't know if I like Doug Martin's schedule when he comes back from the suspension. He's got the Giants and the Patriots at home, then Arizona and Buffalo in consecutive weeks on the road, and then Carolina at home. But he he kind of does five game stretch. He kind of does what you were talking about in terms of uh, I I forget which player, but his numbers don't always look pretty, but his fantasy production still delivers. Like last year, he was terrible, but he was still finding a way to score. And, and be productive 
had a hundred total yeah. yard game, had a, a touchdown game. You know, you average under three yards per carry. Yeah. But he finds a way to get the job done. I, I like Martin in the eighth round. I just like him less than all the other guys except for Lacey that are going in the eighth round. Average 2.9 yards per carry last year. Okay guys, um, we're running out of time, so let's take a look at late round picks and, and who we like. Uh, first of all, Frank Gore at 91st overall. You okay with that? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Love it. All no right, one's t- gonna be excited to draft Frank Gore. It's kinda like when your Aunt Edna comes over. And you know that she's annoying, but you gotta deal with oh, her. Oh, and Edna. Oh. Uh, her breath is the worst. It smells like cream of mushroom soup from two weeks ago. Okay. Terrence West, 99th overall. So now we're into the hundreds. Terrence West, Theo Riddick, Rob Kelly. Rob Kelly, I mean, 100th overall. That's just fantastic. Yeah, great. So is West. Hey, West yeah, is, I agree. I like both those guys. Who do you like better, West or, or Kelly? West. Kelly. I, I have Kelly ranked higher. I don't think Baltimore's done. Adding to their backfield. Okay, with West, Theo Riddick, Rob Kelly, Derek Henry. I mean, uh, Derek Henry at 101st overall. That's a that's it's great value. And I if I if I knew I could get him at that point, I'd feel so much better about taking Demarco Murray. But every single draft I'm in, I don't get Derek Henry at 101st overall. No. I don't get him at 91st overall. Yeah, he goes early because I'm drafting with a bunch of sharks. That think they know everything. We're actually just and they, jerks, and we like to see, see you. Get is that really what's yeah. going on? Is yeah. that really what's I, going I on? I almost did it to you before. Will Brinson did it to you the other day. Yeah, it's, we, <laughs> we have a separate chat in the draft room that you're blocked from, and we just talk about who's going to take Derrick Henry from Dave. All right, let me get let me get back to the ADP. <laughs> I want to be. <laughs> I've on got that Henry chat, ranked 85th overall. I'd be happy to take him at that spot in the draft. Sorry, so we got good value for Terrence West, for Rob Kelly, for Derrick Henry. Theo Riddick, obviously, is another guy that's going to have a big difference in ADP and in, in uh, PPR and standard. Samaj P. Ryan, 106th overall. That, that needs to fall, right? Yeah, it yes. will. It's going to yeah. keep falling until he shows that he can hold on to the football. We're going to find out if he bounces. All right, Jonathan Stewart, 106th overall. Good or bad? Fair. I think that's fair. Yep. Yeah. Kareem Hunt, 107th overall. I know Jamie you know likes me. that. I like that. Right? Perfectly I like fair. Run. It's a little, it's a little low, but um, he's going to stay in this range if uh, if Spencer Ware holds on to the job. Matt Forte, 110th. Darren McFadden, like Darren McFadden, is obviously rising. He's up 70 spots. He's 112th right now. But like, should he's you take? Too high. Should you take? Really? Should you take Darren McFadden or Rob Kelly? Kelly. Kelly. Yep. All right. Uh, let's see. James White, Thomas Rawls. Okay, Thomas Rawls or Rob Kelly? Kelly, 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 and Rawls over McFadden. Hmm, interesting. Okay. I would you take Rawls over McFadden if you were the Zeke owner? Yes. Yeah. Buy or sell? Thomas Rawls has a chance to be a top fifteen running back this year. Bye. Uh, but I'll tell you, I'm in a tough, tough spot because uh, in a keeper league where I can keep them forever, I, I don't plan on keeping them forever, but for this year, I have the choice between right now as my fourth keeper, Thomas Rawls or Paul Perkins. And it it really is a struggle for me. Interesting. I don't think Rawls will finish as a top 15 running back. I think he's got the potential to be a top 24 running back. Yeah, health is such an issue for Rawls, but... It's not just that. I think... I think CJ Procise is going to have a consistent passing down role there. Yeah, but the, but the, we've seen in Seattle that their running backs don't need passing down roles to be good if their running game is churning. If their running game is great and if they're the only one doing the running in the running game, which was the case with Marshawn Lynch, who I would argue is a, is a more special runner than Thomas Rawls. Yeah, at the time. He's sure. specialer. 
Um, all right, so we got Rawls, 122nd. CJ Procise right after that. But Rawls going up, Procise going down. And Procise will be different in PPR. Jacquez Rogers is someone that you... Do you think Jacquez Rogers is going to be a reliable three-week starter in place of Doug Martin? Uh, borderline number two flex, yes. I think he's better those first three weeks than Darren McFadden. At Miami versus Chicago, I think those two matchups are good. And then at Minnesota, week three could be a little tough. Yeah, but those first two are very good. Like it. Um, we got, <clears throat> I'm sorry guys. We got, uh, alright, late round picks. You're, you're probably looking at ADP. Anybody you want to take a flyer on? Jamal Williams is going to be available. Joe Williams is going to be available. I think Deion Lewis and Burkhead are interesting. Uh, I, I'm the Ty Montgomery guy and even I would say it's ridiculous we haven't said Jamal Williams name yet. I like yeah. Williams, Williams, and Williams. I like Jamal Williams, I like Jonathan Williams, and I like Joe Williams. Jay Williams, the Jay Williams trio. I like it. I know it's late in the show, but let's talk about handcuffs. And as we go through the first running backs, we'll just go like one at a time here. We'll start with you. Heath, David Johnson, is there a handcuff? Is he worth drafting? Go. Nope. There nope. is a handcuff. It's, nope. well, it's Johnson. The, but the, he's, There is a handcuff, but he's not Well, worth let's put it this way. He's not going to do what David Johnson does. Oh, oh, oh no kidding. <laughs> like, right. uh, so and, why why put him on your team? Well, look, I, I drafted probably... him. I, I I drafted both, but this was a really deep league. It was like a twenty-seven round draft. I know it was IDP. We have a lot of bench spots. That's where I I drafted David Johnson and Chris Johnson. I agree with that decision. In a twenty-seven round draft, Chris Johnson should be drafted. But that was more like a twenty-round draft with all the IDPs. That's pushing it. That's really really pushing it. Um, I'm not. I'm probably the least. Uh, into the whole handcuff thing. Dave and Jamie really like their handcuffs. Okay, then let's, let's go uh, real fast, real fast. Le'Veon Bell. You gotta get James Conner. LaShawn McCoy. You gotta get Jonathan Williams. Yeah. I mean, you should, you should, if he's there late, take him. Um, yeah, I'm not talking about like round six or round, not even round nine. I'm talking double digit rounds. Yes. Melvin like Gordon. 12. Melvin Gordon. No. No. Nope. I'll take Brandon Oliver in a deep league. Uh, Jordan Howard. No. No. Uh, Cohen is making some waves. I think, like, in a deep league, you Would might he be the it. every down guy though. I don't, I think he might be the most, the best scorer. Oh, Jeremy Langford may get cut. Yeah. Right. He might. So who's the backup there? Is it Kadeem Carey then? Kadeem can't carry the or Benny Cunningham. <laughs> Alright, next, next, JJ. No. I don't like his backups. Nope. Leonard Fournette. No. I don't like his backups. Todd that, Gurley. That's a backup by committee. Todd Gurley. No. Nope. Lamar Miller. Yeah, he's in the James Conner range. Yep. We're I, talking I, round 12. After Jonathan Williams. Yes. Yep. Uh, Mar- and you're going with uh, the rookie in Houston, not Foreman. out for blue. Yeah, but they'll, they'll share. Okay, sorry. Uh, and Marshawn Lynch. Yeah. I took both guys in the flex draft, Adam, as you're well aware. I, if you agree with us on Lynch and you think he's overvalued and not going to be that good, I think setting your sights on DeAndre Washington in that round 11 range. Or Jalen Richard. Or Jalen Richard, depending on who you like better. I think it's, I think it's an interesting idea. Yeah. De- Deontay Foreman was the name I could not think of. And Marlon Mack is another one that you might want to take late in your drafts. And that, yeah, but and that could be another share. He'll be sharing with you. Yeah, them. he's a good talent. He's just, I don't think he's going to get that kind of He's not an every down back. CJ Anderson's very injury prone. Who would you take if you wanted to take a chance on a Broncos running back? I wouldn't. I would take D'Angelo Henderson with my last pick. That'll be a committee if, uh, 
if Anderson goes down. Between who? Charles Booker and Anderson. Does Charles make the team? Yes. That's it. We're done. We're done with running backs. On to wide receivers tomorrow. Ah, yeah. Woo. I don't know. I'm trying to. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing right now. Harry, thank you, Heath. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thank you for saving me. All right. For Heath, David, Jamie, I'm Adam. Let's talk receivers tomorrow. See ya. Bye.